What's up, everybody? This is Eddie with Flex Machine Tools. Hey, and welcome to Flex and Friends, our live video cast experience series where I get to sit down, chat, hang out with, and pick the brain of the industry's loudest, proudest, best, brightest, most passionate, and profound thought leaders. And you guessed it, we're talking everything manufacturing. And today, I have a true gangsta at the spindle, you know, a real wonderful content creator who's doing some amazing things and continuing to do even more. We're going to dive deep. You may have seen his handsome face, his tattoos, and his big old muscles on Practical Machinists or while he's repping the spindle at Lakewood Machine and Tools. So we're going to bring in the one one, the only Ian Sandusky. Let's bring him on in. Ian's in the house, man, dude. What is the good word? Welcome to our live platform on Flex and Friends. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thank you very much for having me. It's weird to be on the other side of an interview for once, but this is great. Heck yeah, you are here. It is great indeed. And we just got started. And so, man, I've, I've been warming up because you're doing so many cool things on social and, and there's so much more to you than really meets the eye, even though I feel like, you know, we get to see so many cool things that you're doing. So first and foremost, I know you're well doing great things. Let's dive in. We need to get to know Ian. So tell us a little bit about you personally and professionally, and then we'll fill in the blanks in the next couple of minutes, man. So what you got for us? Cool. So yeah, I mean, my name is Ian Sandusky. Um, a lot of guys know me from Lakewood Machine and Tool, which is our family job shop in Newmarket, Ontario. For those who don't know, that's Ontario, Canada, not California. Um, I am a machinist by trade, but some of you guys also know me from um, Practical Machinist, where I'm a content partner. And uh, yeah, I get to go across shops from North America, well, so far in North America, maybe overseas soon, um, and get to go and meet and partner up with a lot of great shops out there and get to help share their stories. And then uh, on my own time and my personal life, I live up in cottage country with my wife, our two dogs and our two cats. Um, yeah, I mean, I do everything from work out to I love homebrewing, I love gardening, and if I didn't go into machining, I probably would have ended up doing something with wine. Probably would have done some kind of fermentation as a lifestyle. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we need to know this. Now, mind you, I'm sure there's probably a little bit of snow in the garden right now. So what is in Ian's garden? When things are full bloom, what are we picking out of your garden, yo? We're doing grapes. Um, I've been harvesting grapes for two years now and storing them because I want to do my own wine with my own homegrown grapes. Um, a lot of hot peppers. Try to do some homemade hot sauce and then, you know, all just the good stuff, everything you need. All the good stuff. You had me at grapes, homie. You had me at grapes. I'm about it. So grapes, wine. I mean, are, are we going to see a, a Lakewood wine brand or come out or a practical machinist brew? Stay Is that what's happening? tuned. Stay tuned. Who knows? No, that's good stuff, though. Well, well, we, I, I love it. I love it. And honestly, I didn't even know that. that's really intriguing about you. And that's why I really enjoy learning about the humans first, because we are but human. And so as we get into some things that you like that you do, Ian, what are you passionate about, man? Because you like things, but what are you passionate about, dude? Yeah, I'd say if I had to choose something I'm passionate about, and this might sound cliche, but I'm passionate about making things and the people that make things. You know, when it comes to I'm a huge foodie. When it comes to food, like, you know, I like going to places where it's farm to table. When I go places, I want to go check out locally made stuff. And that translates all the way into, you know, manufacturing. And so it kind of goes together that way. You know, it's not always my passion may not always be what I'm doing that day, but I am very passionate about making things, creating, um, 
you know, I write books, so I really love creating stories that way. And it's all about, you know, just creating in general. I think it's a great thing. You say you write books? Yeah, yeah. I have four published novels. What? Not for all years. But yeah, yeah. It used to be what I was really into uh, before I started getting into the video end of things. Hold on. Hold the phone. You have four published novels. I didn't say they were any good. I didn't say they were any good, but I do. That's incredible. You're messing with grapes. You're potentially talking about making beer, making wine. A passionate man at the spindle, but then outside he's out writing books. You are a renaissance man. Better question. What does Ian Sandusky not do? Ah, That's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. Run? I absolutely hate running and I hate cardio. I think there we uh, go. people would agree with me there. So let's leave it at that. I don't run. Don't make me run. There we go. Well, hey, I'm not the only individual here that has absolutely had their mind blown. Looks like Audrey Thomas' mind is absolutely blown. The guy writes books. It's amazing. You should write a, ki- a kid's book. I bet you crush it. That's amazing. Wow. So, yeah. All right. The, the machinist, the personality, the, the, uh, the connoisseur of wine, and the author. Great chat. We're done here. No. <laughs> well, I mean, this is so awesome. That's my favorite part is just learning so much about the cool people within manufacturing because there's so much to us. But as we kind of learn and we translate that, oh, quick, we got a shout out here. It looks like Craig, my guy, gives us a quick smile. Hey, Craig, we appreciate you because... As this says, smiling is my favorite. So thank you so much, so much. But hey, this episode today is about Ian. So let's continue to drive forward. Ian, how in the world did you get into manufacturing? Uh, it's a bit of a weird story. I actually never wanted to get into manufacturing, um, period. My old man started the company in 1988. So I did spend a lot of time over the years working here, you know, working summers, working on holidays, working weekends. Um, doing operator type work and sweeping the floor, but I never wanted to do it. Um, I don't know why. But then after university, I was here working during a summer. I was supposed to go down to manage a bar back down where I was going to school. And my old man needed some help. And so he asked if I could stay on. And 12 years later, I'm still here. So it really was driven by that. But it is funny that sometimes the things you run away from for, from for so long, you end up doing and really enjoying. So I'm glad that I did stick with it. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Papa Sandusky, yeah, for right. helping facilitate and cultivate and create the next wave of manufacturing. We're thankful. We're thankful, Papa Sandusky. Thank you so much. So, Which is great. I've heard that kind of more than once. Like, I didn't want to, but I got stuck in here. And then next thing you know, 8, 10, 12 years later, here I am having the time of my life. I, I think that that's a trend, not by accident by any means. And then to that point, even though you're known, I mean, I, I love watching the videos of you making chips because you really get that front look of what's literally happening at the mm-hmm. spindle. And though it's only your shop, I think there's a representation of chip makers around, the, not only the country, but the world. So, but you have done a really good job of, of personally branding yourself where others may be afraid, where people are absorbing content. You're creating it. Unpack that for me. So, yeah, I got into content creation about five years ago. I, uh, I had my own little YouTube channel and just for fun, I uh, started uploading videos of what was going on around the shop. And then it turned into, you know, kind of talking about the industry a little more as a whole, because I didn't see a whole lot of that going on. And uh, at that point, I was approached about two years ago by Practical Machinist. And they kind of liked what I had going on. And I had been, you know, I don't know if people are familiar, but Practical Machinist is a form, first and foremost. That's what it was. So it was a place where I had been a million times to go get answers to questions 
um, you know, get specs on a new machine, see if it's any good and so on. So, you know, I obviously knew that angle. And then I saw kind of what they were doing with YouTube and I loved it. So with that, we've really been developing content. You know, I have the the shop talk series on there, which really tries to go and highlight a lot of the community discussions about the industry. You know, it's not so much me just telling my opinion. I'm just some guy. What does that matter? But it's going out and picking out discussions from the forums, from social media, from the people we talk to and trying to kind of pick through and elevate some of those stories and those voices, which has been really handy. Um, it's been enjoyed by a lot of people and it's been really helpful for me. You know, I learn a lot every time I do one of those videos because, you know, you're hearing so many different voices and so many perspectives that how can you not? Sure. That's, it's great. And it's wonderful. And it's got to be really uplifting to know that in a sea of conversations that, you know, you were selected to properly represent that. And though I'm sure there's a little bit of pressure that you may feel, I mean, at this point, it's just got to be like, man, I, I'm showing up, I'm doing what I do best. I'm making good content and, and that's, and it's just, it's rolling. So like, how does that feel to you? Do you feel like it's, it's a good oh. thing? Do you feel good about it? I'm sure you do, but I just would love to know how, how, how that you internalize that, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's surreal. It's absolutely surreal to be a guy who, at the time, I think when I started making videos, we had two or three guys on the floor and a couple of us in the office. You know, we're a tiny little shop in Newmarket. And to get the opportunity to go out and now, you know, two years later, be traveling around, meeting people in their shops, getting to check out what they're doing, um, and then document it all on film and get to share it with everyone. It's just, it's amazing. It feels great. It's still very surreal a lot of the time. I can only imagine just you practically float from place to place, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're Way floating in between posting, you know, and I, I dig it. It, it is really wonderful because you're clearly a champion for that specific space. And it's nice, honestly, as a dude with 13 pieces of ink on my body, it's nice to see a little bit of ink get a little bit of love, right? I think that's why it's been kind of relatable too. You know, we all can go and put on our nice trade show shirts and all that stuff. But uh, I think a lot of people want to be talked to the way they talk to other people. And that's kind of what my perspective is on it. When I go out and talk to people and make content, it's about, you know, meeting people where they are, talking to them in a language they understand, you know, not focusing on sales pitches and fancy brochures. It's about going and actually talking to people and, you know, happening to get it on film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. So, hey, if any of you manufacturing warriors there in the comment section, remember that is live. If you have tattoos yourself, let us know how many. Let us know you love tattoos. Or just give us a wave. Give us a good old say hi. You never know. If you have a question, you may be able to answer it in real time. You never know. He might be in the mood today. That being said, so when we're piggybacking off of your personal branding, you've obviously done great things with that. But what's happening next and what's getting ready to happen could be the greatest. So why don't you tease us a little bit with what you got going on and what's in the pipeline for this year, man? Yeah. So we spent a lot of time with Practical Machinists near the end of last year going out and touring around cities in the U.S. We were out um, at West Tex. We got out to California. We were down in the Illinois, Wisconsin area. Um, We were down in Connecticut. We were down in Vermont. So we got to go out and we had two kind of parallel things going. The first thing was we already do a, a great deal of shop tours on the channel, which, you know, we ask people to invite us inside their shop and they go and film what they're doing. We also got to take the really nice cameras down to some of these shops in those areas and film shop tours. And I got to check them out and, you know, get to be a little host on it and stuff, but uh, really, really excited because we do a ton of editing and stuff on those, you know, to make them look really high production value and they're starting to come out. Uh, We're going to be releasing 
quite a few of those this year and hopefully filming some more. And then the other half of that, when we were out there, we had this new series called Making the Cut. And what Making the Cut is, is kind of what I was talking about, where it's meeting people where they are and talking to people in a language that, you know, makes sense. Um, and that is, we're going out to big companies, like we were at Hymer, we were at Walter, we were at Methods Machines. We got to go check out what they're doing and really kind of talk to them in the manner of someone who works on the floor. You know, we're talking to the guys who actually use these tools in their daily, you know, working environments. So we're not getting the high level pie in the sky pitches. We're seeing what these tools actually do, how it can help them out. Um, it's a really exciting series and we have a bit of more of that coming up this year as well. Which is exciting nonetheless. So the tattoos are going on tour. And speaking of the support we're getting, we got a LinkedIn user. Wish I knew your name, individual, but yes, meet people where they are. It's so funny pulling it up as you were saying it. I love it. And then my man, Mark Vanderwarf. He says, tatted peeps make and change happen. I'll flex to that. There we go. There we go. That's good stuff. And, and, and I do love it because it's there are these 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 champions, if you will, that are really serving as the mouthpieces for this, these specific industry initiatives and conversations. And it's it's amazing. And I, I'm super pumped, you know, because uh, I think you represent it really well. You're raw. You're real. Um, you've got you got depth, you have texture, you got a little bit of color to you. It's 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 great stuff. It really is. So oh, lots of cool things, man, right? What's another? We got another comment here. Looks like our friend, ooh, Sandra, she says, super awesome event that showcases methods, machine tools, and automation solutions. Sandra, there we go. Hey, we appreciate it. Make sure you keep that chat section hot. Got any questions or comments? We'll pull them up, answer them, address them in real time. But we're here to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Ian. So with that, Practical Machine, this is a big thing for you. It's, 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 it's no secret that you're very synonymous with that. But let's not forget good old Lakewood Machine where it all started, man. Oh, we're cute. We're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, uh, so so what do you do there? Because even though you do promote, obviously, your chips and things along those lines, I think people yeah. just really need to understand what goes on there and what do you do? Yeah, so we are a job shop. Um, we specialize kind of in short to medium production. Like we're not doing 10000 of anything. We're not doing 100000 of anything. Um, we kind of specialize in the twenty to 1,000 parts range. Um, we have... Five, five guys on the floor now. We just added a new apprentice last week, so we're up to five. Uh, we have five CNC mills. We have a CNC lathe and wire EDM. Um, I'm the GM, so I spend most of my day shuffling paper, unfortunately, most of the time. But I still try to get down there and play with the machines now and again. But, uh, no, things are going great. We're busier than ever. We're having uh, our best year in probably the last five years at the moment. And, uh, no, it's, it's going great. Busy, 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 and it's a good problem to have. There we go. Yes, it is. Yes, it absolutely is. Because you've heard alternatives, you know, over the last two years from a variety of shops, I'm sure, right? Yeah, and we dealt with that ourselves. I mean, um, 2020 was one of the most difficult and most painful years I've had. I've been managing here for about six years, and that was the easily the most painful and difficult year to get through ever. Not even personally, just from a straight financial standpoint. Um, mm -hmm. Everything dried up. Trying to get material was impossible. I'm sure everybody dealt with it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's nice to see things bouncing back in a good way now. For sure. For sure. The bounce back is happening, though there's a lot of subjective opinion around it. There obviously are some objective uh, traits that we're seeing. And so it's very, very nice and good to be able to hear that, to know that, you know, it really was felt across the spectrum, industries or individuals, you know, all the way down to this, the larger um, uh, 
just entities in general. It's, it's crazy to think about, but it's provided some humbling perspective. And it sounds like things have really bounced back, at least for your world, which I think can either directly or indirectly be a good representation of this scene as a whole. But before yeah. we transition to the next segment, we got to have a shout out. So I got a message. The LinkedIn user is our good friend, Ann Wyatt from Ann oh. Wyatt Recruiting, one of our recent guests. So thank you so much, Ann. And her response again is, yes, meet people where they are. So thank you so much, Ann, for chopping it. We know that you are more than just a LinkedIn user. So <laughs> thank you so much. And all right, so with you being the machine shop guy, you've been doing this for how long now, Ann? You said 12 years? 12 years, shop? 12 years full time. Gosh, man, that, that, that's quite some time. And so from then to, to now, you know, you've been able to see – issues and, and problems. And even though your specific issues and problems and bottlenecks may not reflect everybody's, I still think there's, uh, there's gotta be a little bit of uniformness if you are uniform, yeah. if you will. What are some issues that you think machine shops are facing, not only in Canada, but the U S but globally, my man. And this is something that I've seen. I saw clear across the U S when we were, you know, literally on the West coast and the East coast last year with practical machinists. And that's getting people incentivize properly to join the trade. Um, I think everybody's feeling it. The skills gap is turning into a skills chasm, if you will. Um, it's becoming a real issue. And I think that personally relates to people are not being properly incentivized to join the trade. Uh, I don't think that there, well, there's a lot of good work being done out there to try to combat that and make the trades a more attractive place to work. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of shops out there that are really working on making working conditions good for their guys, um, really trying to be competitive with wages and benefits. And I think, you know, if we all kind of are working towards that and keeping that in the forefront of our minds, that's the way out. You know, everybody's struggling to get labor in and get people to work. And, you know, we all as a whole need to do better. We need to treat people correctly. We need to, in short, proper, properly incentivize and make the trades look like you know, the cool place to work that it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I, I completely understand. And, and there's a variety of solutions out there. Yeah. I mean, even speaking of union trade gear, just creating an apparel line just for individuals to support this, the trades and be able to bring awareness there. Uh, it, it's, it's just one small effort. The speaking tour you're going on, you got the Andrew Crows, Megan Zimba, yeah. all the individuals out there going, uh, just hitting the streets, going to high schools, going to these trade schools and really trying to cultivate this next wave. But aside from maybe the short list of things that you just referenced, in your experience, what can maybe machine shops individually do like do you have a maybe top one or two things that you would recommend some of the uh the hungry ears here listening today on solutions that they could bring to their shops yeah absolutely um you know referencing the people that you just mentioned especially andrew crow and megan Zamba and stuff like there's a lot of great outreach being done that if you can do it even on a local level if you can go out with your shop and talk to high schools or take on co-op students you know we've been taking on um Co-op students from the local colleges has been great. Really trying to grow from the ground up as opposed to, you know, for years we were out trying to hunt for the top level machinists and we were really just trying to grab them. Kind of shifting and now more focusing on building up new apprentices and hunting for guys. You know, my new apprentice that we just hired, he's coming in from a more unskilled, I, I don't want to call it an unskilled trade, but a, a more labor-based trade. So getting guys like that who, you know, they want to work, but they want to do something else and showing them, you know, hey, listen, here's another alternative. You know, this trade has a lot of room to grow. There's a lot of different jobs that you can do within it. Um, and really trying to build from the ground up, I think, is a fantastic strategy that uh, could help a lot of shops out there. 
Mm-hmm. No, it's it's intriguing that you say that. I had a former guest uh, from one of our regional uh, trade schools, in all reality, and, and they're saying, you know, with the traditional side uh, of, of their their business or of their educational system, is there are incentives available to most states that they will pay businesses to send your your uh, individuals to upskill. In all reality, so you don't have to just just find this cheapest you know eighteen year old fresh out of high school and hope that he has a work work or sorry work ethic if you will. Um, there there are programs and there are incentives out there for individuals to train and skill up and to bring the individuals you currently have and just to give them the tools that they need. So these are all really really great points. And since we do have a couple of minutes, actually Sandra popped right back on. What did she say here? Silver Tsunami. Yeah, it's officially a hashtag now. Thank you so much. I, I've never heard that one before, but now I'm a liar. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And then, so in speaking of additional good stuff, good things, yeah. do you have a, a, a positive trend that is currently happening that you're really excited about or maybe something that you kind of see in the works or that could be happening in the next couple of years that you're just excited about you think could really bring some positive change or influence to the landscape? Yeah, I mean, the big thing, we all went through a really painful 2020. We all are still dealing with um, supply chain issues. That said, I think that has incentivized a lot of companies that were typically offshoring. I think reshoring, it already started. I think it's only going to keep getting better. Um, getting products made in North America, made in the Western world, um, you know, by people who are getting paid a living wage, I think is fantastic. I think, you know, as a lot of people are advocating for, there really is going to be a you know, new American manufacturing renaissance, as our friend Andrew Crow says, you know, like it's, uh, it's great. It's, I think that's a huge trend. And I think it's only going to get bigger as we see, you know, hey, listen, do we have to wait 18 weeks to get something from overseas? Or can we make it right here? And can we, you know, buy from our neighbors and support the communities that we're in financially and with work and all that stuff. So I I think that's a trend that is hopefully going to continue. I don't see it dying off anytime soon. And I mean, it's only going to help everybody out, right? The more things we make here, the more people can be involved in it, the better for everybody. All the above. We're raising the roof for it. No, it's it's wonderful. And I'm hearing a consistent theme of, of enthusiasm and optimism from all of these industry-leading experts. And it's wonderful to hear another relevant voice like yours, who's not only has a active, active experience at the spindle, um, and extensive, if you will, but also you're getting to see and travel around and really hear and see the root of, the, of these issues, be able to uh, develop these solutions. And it's a wonderful suggestion. And I love the continued optimism. Last question for you, my man. Hey, we've covered a lot of ground and you're always covering ground with all your amazing content. So for everybody watching live or checking this out after the show is over, where can we get more information on Ian, Practical Machinist and Lakewood Machine and Tool? We got to know. Yeah. So you can find Practical Machinist on Instagram at Practical Machinist, youtube.com slash Practical Machinist. If you want to follow my shop, that's at Lakewood Machine. And, you know, I'm here on LinkedIn at Ian Sandusky. If you ever want to get in touch, feel free to reach out. There we go. There we go. And speaking of reaching out, the chat box is not done yet. Audrey comes in hot. She says, we have another evangelist for our mission in Ian. That is right. I know Audrey a couple weeks ago had commented that we need to move on like we are on a mission from God. Nice. So, Audrey, hey, thank you so much for being an absolute advocate. And it looks like you've officially been knighted, Ian, as, as, as an evangelist in the Renaissance, my man. I'll take it. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, hey, well, speaking of fantastic, this conversation has been wonderful. Thank you for letting us know all the amazing places that we 
can check you out. This has been awesome. We appreciate you and everybody watching in live, especially those of you super fans who hopped in that chat box. So thank you so much for joining this segment of Flex and Friends Live, powered by UnionTradeGear.com. So hey, until next episode, you all stay awesome, stay flexing, and we will see you next time.